It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce with the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, and today I'm here with Emmanuel Lopez. Emmanuel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, Emmanuel, you're you're not originally from Chicago. No, I'm not. Uh, I am from a wonderful town called uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Um, I, I claim it. Lived there for many, many years, but I did move around a lot. So, San Diego was also home when I was younger. But my home and my heart is. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and those who don't know, it's just right outside of Tulsa. <laughs> so how were you when you moved down to San Diego? Uh, when I was in San Diego, I think I was seven, six or seven years old, uh, and then I was there until my early teens uh, when I became uh, started to become really re- rebellious <laughs> and, uh, you know, started skipping school to try to go to the beach uh, and whatnot, and then my mom's like, uh, we're going to go to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. There's really nothing in Tulsa for you to get in trouble to do. Little did she know. Uh, but yeah, found no, way. <laughs> found my way to get it done. Uh, yeah, and then we went there, and I, I thank her every day for it because it literally uh, propelled me to be the man that I was today. So, well, how were you when you guys moved back to Brooklyn? Uh, uh, when we moved back, I was in eighth grade. So, let's say, how are you in eighth grade? Like 14, 15 yeah, yeah, years yeah. old? Yeah. No, um, oh, that's cool. And how did you end up in Chicago then? So, uh, my uncle uh, has a uh, is in, has a church in Naperville. Uh, and he, that he pastors and he's there for, he's been there for many, many years. And it was a more along the lines of like, what do you really want? What are you really looking for? And as a family had a discussion and my uncle and his family with open arms, they, uh, they're like, well, you know, coming up to a bigger city, a major city is what you want to do. Then come on up. So like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air packed up my truck and, uh, moved up to, <laughs> moved up to the big city <laughs> and lived with my uncle for a bit. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I've been here for about, uh, 10 years now, 11 years now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what do you do for work? Uh, so I, I am the regional manager for a company called Better World Technology, uh, which is the only uh, B Corp certified uh, uh, technology company. So what we do is we focus a lot on managed services, um, IT, uh, telecom, uh, things of that nature. That's awesome. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, I recently just entered, the, entered into this role. Uh, so I've been here a little under a year. Okay. Now, before that, I heard you uh, mentioned that you were part of the chamber. Yes, right? yes. I, my my long run, I was uh, uh, for over five years. Uh, I uh, was on the um, membership side for the uh, Chicago Land Chamber of Commerce, okay. which was uh, obviously the largest regional chamber, um, actually one of the largest in the country. Uh, we covered all six counties of the Chicago Land area, uh, focusing on business to business connections. Um, throughout all six counties. So it was good. We provided about 150 events a year for our members yeah. uh, to be able to help grow the business community in Chicago. Now being uh, a transplant, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what do you see or what do you notice in terms of what Chicago is that, that uh, is different from where you've been, where you've lived, but that uh, helps you, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of connecting with others here? Well, um, I have to say the easiest thing for me was coming from Oklahoma, everyone thinks, you know, Oklahoma, small town, what it is. It's like Mayberry, right? Um, I say Chicago is the largest Mayberry because everybody here is, you know, they have like six degrees of separation. In Chicago, it's one and a half to one degree. So you really got to watch out what you're saying or or what you're doing. Uh, But that was actually one of the key things was um, I felt very comfortable because of that that same, that same, um, dynamic yeah. as far as you know 
Chicago wasn't that big of a city for me. It felt just like I was back home. Yeah. So now you and I both uh, started as well, Spanish is our first language. Mm-hmm, correct. Right? correct. Um, and and I'm, I'm from Chicago originally, but you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on what that was like, uh, not only growing up in, in Broken Arrow in mm-hmm. Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. I'm sure there's not a lot of Hispanics. Uh, there's like, well, there was us. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. That's all you need to know, right? Uh, but then obviously, you know, going to San Diego and then coming here, mm-hmm. what, what, what has that been like to be... Uh, Mexican man, you know, it, it's actually been a, 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 it was a blessing. It really was a blessing. Uh, uh, as far as, you know, looking back at, um, now in my life, uh, being able to be bilingual, per, like I want to say perfectly Mike Spanglish, but like <laughs> being able to be bilingual and communicate with both cultures and both people were very, it's, I'm very blessed. So, uh, growing up in San Diego and growing up in Tulsa and in San Diego, uh, we obviously never lost that component of the Spanishness. Uh, in my household, sure. um, as well as, you know, in San Diego, they offer like bilingual classes when you're in elementary school. Um, my grandmother was very sick when she was younger, when she was older. So I had, my family had to rely on me to be able to translate what the doctors were saying in English to Spanish. Yeah. So that created a lot. I had to, you know, either get it or get it. You had to grow up quick. Too. Exactly. Yeah. To be able to, to communicate with my family what, what's going on, what, like, medicine my, my grandma needs to take and things like that sure. so um it was it wasn't as tough as it sounds because outside on the street was all english and, and in oklahoma yeah, there was no spanish at all but when i came home uh, my family didn't want me to lose it so it was mostly all spanish in the house okay so it was always all english outside all spanish in the house now are you first generation american uh yes so where, where's your family from uh, uh mexico city Okay. Mexico, Mexico City. Uh, but my family's all from all from Mexico City. Yeah. Now you said a uh, cool little fact about your grandpa. That you mentioned. So yeah, my grandfather did play professional soccer for 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 for, for years now for Atlante. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So he's a he's a he's a diehard. Even though the team's not doing so hot right now, he still follows them. Uh, I actually has to have a jersey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not his, but I actually have it. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. He it's a it's his it's his goal. It's his. He talks about it all the time. The glory days. I actually remember because uh, my mother was a you know single mother uh, went to college had two jobs at one time and so my grandparents did a lot of my raising and it was uh, eight, uh, it was the World Cup in 86 and we were I, we were living here in Chicago because I was born in Emmiston so we were, we were living here in Chicago and um, my grandfather's obviously all his friends are down there and my uncles his brothers are down there and then he's like you got to get this kid a passport and my mom's like, "Why?" He's like, "I'm taking him to the World Cup. I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna miss it. This is '86." And then, and then my mom's like, "I don't know. I don't know if he's too young." And then my my grandfather goes, "I think my grandfather, my grandmother goes, it's either that or you're paying for a babysitter." So my <laughs> mom had to like rush and get me a passport to be able so to, go, to go. I got to go. There's, I got to go like, uh, to the World Cup in '86. There's a picture of me like a little baby with like the chili outfit at the the, <laughs> the mascot awesome. for '86. So yeah, I was I was able to go to the World Cup games and, and fly out to. to city for for the world cup in 86 that's really really cool yes now in terms of just the heritage and and tying it all together with what you do now i mean how much of that are you involved with you know how much are you in that community here in chicago so one of my initiatives when i actually did start at the chicago land chamber about five you know years ago was to be able to um, bring all my everything i know and everything i've done and worked for uh into the hispanic community and, and and minority communities uh just because it's a lot of times they're not they don't have access to uh, certain things that I have had the pleasure to have access to. Sure. Um, so one of my initiatives is always to, you know, be involved in, you know, if it's in the, in the Pilsen neighborhood or in the Little Village neighborhood or, or you know, or out west and do, just do what I can to help out and just 
lend a helping hand, not just you know, and be a voice and be an advocate and be like, hey, look at me, I'm 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 just like you. I was a kid like you. Like I'm a single mom too. Like I, I'm I'm done what I did because of my hard work and not giving up. And I know you're not going to give up either because it's kind of in our nature not to give up. Sure. You know, be and, and, and because if not, we kind of get in trouble if we do give up. Oh, it really <laughs> is. It, 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 it's, it's, it's something that's, it's todo con ganas, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's like everything is there. And so that's, that's one of the things that I really strive on is just to be able to just be a voice and, and help. Yeah, and, and, and it is, I mean, I do agree with you. I think it's in us, you know, oh, we might hear fighters and lovers, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I think we're both, yeah. um, but, but I'm more of a lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you think that, that we, you know, having that in you or, that that culturally in you that you can teach that to others you know in terms of overcoming and 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 being faced with challenges i mean you mentioned your mom mm-hmm. being a single mom mm-hmm. you know there's so many things that that we take for granted that others see as mm-hmm. as very difficult you know what are maybe something that you've gone through or what advice could you give for people you know that 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 you went through that that you overcame something difficult in your life so i think part of the one of the most difficult things i did overcome myself is i'm actually a stage 4 cancer survivor and uh it, it hit me um I would say what seven years ago, five, no, eight years ago. So yeah, it was, it was, I was in my early twenties. Um, wow. and then I found out I had cancer after a, a rugby match. Uh, I thought I bruised a rib, uh, but it was actually, uh, the, the tumor, the size of a softball on the Jeez. side, on the side of my ribs. And it's, uh, it's no, it, and no symptoms leading up. To well, that. there was symptoms here and there. Um, and so it started, uh, it was testicular cancer. So it started, uh, <sighs> in, in my testicles and went all the way up to my metastasized all the way up to my wow. neck. Um, so at that point in time, they were just like, e- you have about, if you would have waited about two weeks, we couldn't have been able to help you. Wow. So I did four rounds of chemotherapy, radiation, did a couple surgeries. Um, what was it like to get that news? Uh, the first thing was, uh, first question was, am I going to lose my hair? That was one of the things I take pride in <laughs> my hair. hair. I, I, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not saying I take pride in it, but I, it is good hair. I would uh, take pride in it. <laughs> take pride in your hair. <laughs> my, grand, my grandfather is like going to be 80, 86 or 85. He still has got a full set of hair. So I, I got that's it from great. him. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that's what that was. So it literally stripped me down. And I was, this was when I, you know, so I, I played semi-pro rugby for many, many years, uh, was able to be on all state teams, uh, national teams. Uh, I was able to, had a f- phenomenal rugby career, played, in, uh, played internationally. Wow. Uh, I was able to, to, able to do that, but, uh, and I was just like top, top shape. I thought I was just like the man and I was great. Uh, and this happens. Sure. And I remember a couple months later, I actually did have a tryout to go to, to go try out for actual actual team team USA the actual not the U team but the actual right, right. team team uh and then that was another thing that came to me so I was in top shape and then going all the way down to I was like 225 solid and then came all the way down to like 190 ish 180 ish nothing yeah and it was just no hair no eyebrows um and just learning how to ride a bike um, wow. and not getting winded and learning how to walk again and, yeah. and being able to overcome that and still keeping my joy throughout it was was something that actually helped me throughout the throughout the ways to overcome it. So, I always tend to share my youth story as far as you know, single mom, you know, close family. Like if it doesn't matter if your father's not there or what, there like you have family, you always have some kind of support around you. Like sure. I remember, there's a lot of there were a lot of men in the youth ministry that I went to that that, that taught me a lot of good things as well. Uh, besides, you know, my, both my uncles and my grandfather were great father figures for me. But that being said. Uh, that's one story, but then I have another story. But hey, I you can't control 
what life hits you. Absolutely. You know, you can't control how you come into this world. You can't control what, what does it. What you can control is how you're going to overcome it and surpass it Absolutely. and react. You could be, you could either be reflective or reactive. Sure. And if you're reflective, you're not going to get anywhere. It's all about being reactive. So how did you react when, when you initially got that news? So I got that news and I was like, all right, so what's my timeline? I, I went into like athlete mode. Okay, cool. Off season. All right. What's my off time? Sure. What, what's, what's my time? All right. You know, you, you have to, you know, 20 days off, you know, eight, uh, 28, 29 days off, um, seven days straight, eight hours straight of chemotherapy. Then we're going to do a break, break, eight break. hours of chemo, wow. eight hours of chemo a day for a whole week. Wow. Um, yeah, and then, uh, uh, we did that four rounds and then we did uh, a couple of radiation sessions and then some of the tumors did 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 die but they were afraid so they uh, they they just literally just chopped me butchered me open everywhere to just take everything out uh, and then I'm like all right cool that's gonna get done let's do the surgery let's get it done what's the recovery time well you know we cut your abdominal you know yeah okay cool how long is that we wrote everything down and just okay walk two more feet after they say stop here or ride the bike ten, like three more minutes after they say stop here. So it was a lot of lines of just pushing myself to be a it's better great self than the person that I was the day before. That's amazing. Yeah. So I mean, what would you tell people when they're faced with something that isn't, you know, as, as and you hear things, I'm sure you, you've mm-hmm. heard and you're like, come on. Yeah. And I've been through cancer stage four. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, what, what, what advice do you give people um, who are struggling with something and, and, and it, it may or may not be as difficult as something you went through? I, I do this all the time, man. It, it's so dumb, and people just laugh at it. I, go, I look at them, I like, go, go like this. <sighs> yeah, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Be blessed. That's a great point. And, and, it's, and that's how I look at life now. Every day I look at it as a, as a gift from God because I was dying. I was dead yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So when, when you get that vision, and everyone's like, how are you always so happy? How are you just so always out there? Yeah, when you're sitting there fighting for your life <laughs> you kind of get a new perspective on life Absolutely. and uh and then, yeah that, that, and that's why i always tend to also be out there as much as i can you know i can uh, maybe just a smile in a conversation with someone that is going to a networking event after getting yelled at from the boss and they forcefully have to be there sure. uh but we're just having a great conversation that's probably all they needed before they went home that's awesome you know well and that, and, and now that leads us to you know the, the topic too that we're, we're discussing which is uh, forming these relationships in business, because sometimes it can be mm-hmm. a, a forced mm-hmm. you know, endeavor to go out and, and network and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always want to be there, but, you know, it's necessary. How, how do you navigate that where, you know, you, you know, it's important to do. Obviously, you have a great attitude, mm-hmm. um, you know, but what, what are some some tips and tricks that you employ to to make it successful when you do meet with people? So, um, side note, <laughs> I am the shyest individual when See, it, no, I don't know. I'm no, 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 no. Here, here's, here's the thing. And, and I do this as my own training that has been very successful for me. So if I walk into a room and it's already full of people, sure. I'm like, all right, I got to turn it on. I got I to gotta make sure that I'm, 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 I'm a man. I'm, I'm out there. Right? I got to do it. But that's not how I like to do things. So I always make sure that I do not go on Latino time and I show up <laughs> on the actual time that it's supposed to say uh, because the most warming thing to any individual is a smile and a high welcoming them. So if you're one of the first pers- people at the That's event, a great point. One of the first people at an event, and people are coming in, you're just welcoming me. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Hi. They're not. You're not. You're asking about their business. You're asking what they. You can get out of them. Anything like that. You're just saying hi. And a lot of times, hi and a smile go a long way. Sure. And then that's how. Well, they say hi. You say hi. Then no one else is around. 
So they forcefully feel you got to talk to you. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. You're, you're, you're nonchalantly already networking without even knowing that. And the more and more that the room fills in, the more and more now you're gaining more confidence, the more and more, say, you step away and get a drink or step away, go to the restroom and come back, um, you already have already met other people, so it feels more comfortable. So they're like, hey, Emmanuel, come over here. Oh, hey, you know, have you met, you know, and then so it's already people networking for you sure. with the new people that are coming in later than you have already done. So that's kind of how, how, I, how I go about things. Okay. And I always say how, I always say well, what's in it for them. You know, I, I never really ask, like, what's in it for me. If they ask me, that's great. But I'm, I'm always about helping other people and other individuals on helping th- what they need. Because at the end of the day, I know that I'll probably be the first person they'll call for any needs that they have. That they have. Sure. Yeah. So. so how important is that hour? I mean, that moment that you're there before everyone else. You know, Very important. Yeah. Very important. Because it lets me also <sighs> meditate for, like, a minute, react, like, just Another calm down point. and just yeah. be able to just be myself and find out who I really am and just be able to communicate that with people. And how about when, in those times when you're not able to, to be there, you know, how, how do you approach a room that is already crowded? Mm-hmm. And, and cause sometimes for me, I, I get a little anxious, yeah. you know, walking in a room and it's like, man, all these people, all this, you know, this energy. And sometimes I'm not on that same level. You know, how, how do you navigate that? So how I navigate that at first, I look for the host of the event. I look for whoever's hosting the event and I go over there and I thank them for hosting the event. Hey, thank you. You know, my name is Manny. Usually the host's always going to be with somebody else or another person sure. or somebody they're talking to. So right off the bat, the host does not want to be rude. So they're going to introduce you. So bada beam, bada boom, at least you met somebody else that's, that's doing that, right? Great and, and then you go from that person and then you just wait. A lot of times you could read body languages. If, you see, if you're at a table and you see, you know, a table and everyone's you know very tight and the clicky mm-hmm. all right i always i always tend to just break that in and like hey what's up guys how you doing my name is emmanuel hey and like everyone like looks at me like who is this guy <laughs> who's this weirdo but they're like oh yeah we're at a networking event we got to meet other people than just people that we're talking to so yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll out of like awkwardness they'll talk to you but yet at least you get it done. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm always a big advocate. And I'm saying it's my pet peeve, but I just don't like it when people are by themselves. Yeah. So if you see somebody by themselves or getting a drink and or just standing in the corner, I, I, I tend to always be one of the first people to just go up to them and say, hey, how's your night going? What, what do you do? Like, what's, what brought you in here? You know, how about them bears? How about them cubs? <laughs> you know, just, just something like that. Um, then uh, I usually have a couple of random facts that, that happen throughout the day. Um, and just to have like some quick conversations to go to and not make it feel like you're networking. Because at the end of the day, like, for example, like when I do like my marketing strategies or whatnot, I never say, hey, come to this networking event. Like networking, anything with ing sounds like working. And you don't want to <laughs> work, right? Yeah. You want to. Uh, and it does feel like work. Right? Right? Yeah. It, it does feel like work. But a lot of times, you know, your, 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 your network is your net worth, Absolutely. right? And then so I, if I say we want to grow your network. Right, I always that's what I use a lot. Like you hear, grow your network, because um, that's just one thing. I because you always you always grow. If it's uh, work wise, you're growing. If it's uh, emotionally, you're growing. Spiritually, you're growing. You're always growing. That's why I say, that's why I always say you never want to have a goal, because with a goal there's a finish line. Sure. Like the goal is not to meet five people and then head out. You know, the goal is to grow five relationships and see where you know, business might come from or where, you know, future connections might come from. No, I love that. And the fact that it's a verb and not like you said, networking sounds mm-hmm. like working, but when you give someone, Hey, grow your network, mm-hmm. it's almost like giving them a task to do, Correct. you know, and like it gives to be conscious of as you're going out and doing that. Mm-hmm. So when, when you go to these events, who, who are you looking to meet? And 
so when I go to these events, I'm looking to meet usually, you know, business owners, um, um, marketing people, uh, IT connectors, in my new role, uh, IT directors, um, just people that, that are able to decision makers to a certain degree. But also I'm looking for individuals that are have nothing to do with what I'm actually looking for. I, I, lo I love meeting people that are just completely different than me because that's how I learn and how I grow is to like talk to people that have nothing in common with me. Uh, and I love it. It like really like makes my, my mind all tingly. Uh, <laughs> but it's just one of the things I do. And then at the end of the time, that's how I find organizations that I can give back to um, is through meeting people that have nothing in common with me. You know, like I, for example, I sat on the board for um, a couple boards and one of them uh, I met just in the lobby at the Wrigley building and the lady was like very standoffish and then we just talked and then she just told me about it and I'm like, all right, she's like, well, we have a, we have an event, happy hour if you want to come out to it. And I went out to it and a lot of the people there were way, 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 way. I'm not saying I'm the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty bright, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, you know, not like hot pink like these people. Cause it was, it was for, um, um, you know, it's a lot, there were a lot of doctors and a lot of surgeons and a lot of sure. you know, scientists in this room. And I'm like, I'm over here. Hey, what are you doing? I'm in sales. And this guy's like, Oh, I created this chemical to help, you know, cure this type of cancer. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, drink, <laughs> you know? So it's just along those lines of, of, of being able to connect with people that, you know, the only thing you're going to get out of them is knowledge. And that at the end of the day should be sufficient enough. Then Absolutely. Ideal. No, that's great. And you know, you also mentioned uh, some of the things that you're doing mm -hmm. and you're the board that you're on. So uh, talk about some of the scholarships that, that you'd mentioned to me. Yeah. So I'm um, actually, I, uh, I what's my fifth year. So it's my third year as president and I was vice president for a couple of years before that uh, for the uh, university of Oklahoma uh, uh, alumni club here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, we're actually one of the largest uh, clubs in the country. Uh, I think we're sitting like a third, um, and then what we do is we do these watch parties and events, uh, for, there's about 1200 register, uh, alum in Chicagoland area. But I also did actually change the name to the OU club of Chicago because, um, just to make it more inclusive, sure. um, to people, what we do is we offer, a, a couple $5,000 scholarships to, uh, individuals from the Chicagoland area that are going to go down to the University of Oklahoma just to help them, you know, with you know, books or boarding or, you know, things like that. Um, because OU is actually one of the most affordable out-of-state schools in the country. Uh, boomer sooner. And, <laughs> and so that's one another initiative, uh, that, you know, education that I'm very passionate about. Um, another one that we're just starting to actually launch right now, we're still in our first year, is called the uh, Alumni Alliance of Chicagoland. And then so predominantly, uh, it was one of the guys from, uh, Mike, one of the guys from UC Davis. Uh, he started it with his wife from uh, UCLA. And it's predominantly a, a board for boards. So there's a lot of schools like, you know, I'm representing Oklahoma and like Texas, North Carolina, Notre Dame, um, you know. And then what we do is we provide content and we ask other leaders from like smaller schools, like say like a Bowling Green or um, or, or, or uh, you know another university that might have strong alumni presence or do have a, a, a big alumni presence on how to grow your club, how to grow your strategy, how to keep your members engaged, how to not make it just like a drinking club, how to bring sure. in more revenue um, at the end of the day to be able to, because the, the, the goal is for every single association is to give some type of support for kids going to, um, I say kids, but they're whatever, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, going to, going to your alma maters. Yep. 
Um, so that that one there, and I'm also on the associates board for uh, Gateway for Cancer Research. Uh, Gateway for Cancer Research uh, helps fund phase one and phase two of uh, clinical trials. Um, so we do a lot of events, you know, like a derby party, uh, a gala, a uh, great group of individuals. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great organization that 99 cents of every dollar we raise goes to actual funding for some of these clinical trials of, that some it's of amazing. these scientists or these doctors need the funding to be, because you usually had a phase three or phase four, now you're getting more buy-in from like, the, like you know, pharma, or you're getting more buy-in from, you know, sure. people like that, and it's the phase one and phase two that... There's like, this, this, great, this is a great idea. Like if I, I know one that we did fund um, was this, I forgot where she was from, but she figured out that by using the venom of a white scorpion, yeah. you could detect um, pre, you could detect brain cancer sooner than you could with like the certain ink that they put yep. in there. And I know they, they tried the trial, they approved the trial, got the funding and they tried it on one of the kids and this kid lived for an extra four or five years wow. uh, because of that <laughs> clinical trial. Sure. And it's just knowing that we were able to help raise funds and 99 cents of everything that we raised was able to help her do that study and be able to help a kid's life like just means a lot. That's amazing. Well, two, two incredible organizations mm -hmm. that, that you're helping and um, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I know many people are grateful for that. So with that being said, is there anything uh, on the horizon that we should be aware of events that you know where to look out or, or how we could find out more um well i am very active obviously on on the social media -ness. uh <laughs> so this where you find out a lot of the 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 things but i know we have our um gala for gateway coming up in october um during football season uh OU Texas is probably the largest game. So if you're a big football fan, um, Oklahoma, Texas, we meet at a trophy room in River North. Sure. Um, but we'll get about 250 people come out. We'll do giveaways, prizes, uh, raffles, you know, 50-50s. Everyone loves a 50-50. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, exactly. And then for the Alumni Alliance, I know we just had an event um, f focusing on uh, social media. And, and growing your brand presence for uh, for your clubs, uh, and we do do events quarterly. Uh, so just keep posted uh, either through my Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, and I, and I usually post stuff like that. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to and be no, here. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. great. This is great. What an incredible story! And you guys can find out more by clicking below uh, or contacting Manny directly. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. No, pleasure.